It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Wow. It never gets old. We like an applause. Oh, man. Standing up. Applause, if you guys have never had it, it feels really good, even if it's fake. Even a canned applause feels good. Canned applause, whatever. Well, welcome to the show. <clears throat> yeah. Welcome to Done Being Single. We are here. We are not queer. Get Deal with it. it. <laughs> Something like that. Well, isn't that special? But we are here to talk. Uh, yeah, we're good at that. And boy, can we. Some of us are better at that than others. Yes, we are. <laughs> Just to get, let you guys know, Robbie and I have a fight uh, pretty much every episode we record because I talk over him. Have you noticed that, people? No. No, they uh, haven't noticed it because I don't. Well, sometimes I do. Like right now. <laughs> See, I edit okay. the show so I can edit some of that out, but I can't edit some of that but out. But you can keep a good woman down. I can try. You can try to sh- shut her up, but you can't. You really can't. I have a lot to say. Yes, you do. And I have a feeling... I feel it coming on. I'm going to have a lot to say today. You're a loud mouth No, I'm not a loud mouth. I just have, I'm very opinionated. You are opinionated, but there's nothing wrong with that, unless it's opinions that I don't agree with. But that's nothing wrong with that either. Well, invariably, we're going to get into a fight, so, you know. We will, but they usually are post-production fights. Sometimes we get into them on the air, you guys don't even know. But we do, because we, like, give each other looks or the silent treatment. Well, oh, only that's, when our, oh, you know. Yeah, oh, when our guests oh, are oh, talking about something no, no, that we're pointing at each other. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's talking about you. She's talking about you. No, no. <laughs> you know I'm pissed oh, you. when oh. I go silent. That's, that's, the, that's the, the sign. Trevor's pissed when she stops talking. Yeah, and also when I bust Robbie in the mouth. That happens, too, sometimes. So. Okay, so can we just, can we talk? Yes. Okay. Do we know what we're talking about? Do you know what we're talking I do. I think we're talking about habits. Your least favorite word. You're not a fan of the habit. What, what, what does that mean? I don't think you've... I don't really think... I don't see if you... I don't think of you as a habits guy. Oh, really? What do I do I mean, you, when you I get do. up in the morning and, you know... I, I, That's I, a rituals I, guy. Okay, so rituals and habits don't I, no. coincide? No. No. Mm. I don't think they're the same, but we're going to find that out today. Well, Okay. I think you're a fan of the bad habits. <laughs> okay, thank you. Really? Yeah. Can we? Can I just tell you a little bit about since it's it's now we're in well into February about um, New Year's resolutions. I broke mine December twenty eighth for this year. Exactly. <laughs> Did you know that ninety two percent of people fail to keep New Year's resolutions? That's probably not a shock. That low. And then eighty percent have already failed by February. Yeah. And most of it has some, something to do with the gym, working out, Probably. diet, right? other things. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not just, I, and we're going to make the distinction here between what is, okay, this is good, rituals. What's the difference between a ritual, a resolution, and a habit? 
Okay. I'm not a big fan of the New Year's resolution. I think it sets you up for failure. I agree. Not that you'd ever tried, of well, course. <laughs> after you know many years of doing it and not adhering to it, I'm going to say, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to do it anymore. Who, yeah, well, who, I'm who, gonna, I, resolution. I mean, uh, why bother? Because be, my resolution is to be a better person, always. That's that's the only resolution I, I kind of adhere to. I don't, you know, I don't need to. Improve. I don't know about that. Well, I do need to improve myself. But th- that's part of being a better person. Everybody can improve. Yes. So there's always habits. There's There are always good habits to be made and bad habits to break. Thank you. Finally, you agree. You got the right answer there. Okay, so, but, uh, yeah, and I'm a big fan of small, actionable steps, <laughs> otherwise known as baby steps. Really? Or micro steps. Uh-huh. Okay, little ones, little, that, that will enable you to make immediate changes in your life. Because if you make, I believe, and I'm also in the fitness business as well, so I'm, I'm all over you self-improvement. Are? Yes, shut up. And if you make small steps, if you make the, the, excuse me, the steps small enough, okay, they will be too small to fail. Get it? And they will likely make stick. Make steps you can't, you should not make your steps, your habits, your new habits too big because it'll, they'll be... Right. Too unattainable. Right. And Small. You can't fulfill them. Right. Little... So make them attainable and reward yourself. Oh my God. Yes. Reward. There must be reward. Must, must, must. I tell you my friend who was a smoker and he wanted to quit smoking and he quit for like 30 days and his reward was a cigarette. That's funny. <laughs> Needless to say, it didn't last. That's really funny. smoking again. So, yeah, everybody struggles with habits, good and bad. I mean, everybody does. Everyone has a relationship with habits. I do. Okay. And I'm perfect. And I still have a, you know, at times difficult. I'm, I'm, here's what it, to me, habits come down to discipline. I happen to think I am a very disciplined person. Chicken, eh? Come on. No, you're chicken because, see, I think the disciplined person has a little bit of an advantage in being able to uh, make good habits, keep good habits, and break bad habits. Okay, especially because we're a dating and relationship show. Hmm. Let's talk about habits as it pertains to bad dating habits. What, you know, all this we're going to get into, which, by the way, I had a ton. I had to break myself of a lot of bad habits in order to attract a healthy love and a healthy relationship into my life. Get the fuck out right now! Well, that's one of the habits I had to develop was, yes, setting boundaries. Okay? Speaking Mm -hmm. my mind, setting boundaries, and not taking anyone's shit. So, with that said, okay, so here's a bad habit. Okay, that's let me bring it down to something that people do all the time, and that is maybe... um, Text or call your exes. Texting your exes. Why would you do that? Because people, after a breakup, they tend to want to stay kind of somewhat connected to an ex because if when they get lonely or sad and, you know, they think that a text message or a conversation would temporarily, and, and it, it probably would temporarily relieve those feelings, but the, the problem is you broke up for a reason, you know? And to continue to have contact with that person is really, really self-defeating. Is it like drunk texting? Kind of, yes. Yeah, so bad. so here's something that, oh, 
here's something, did I do this or did so I tell someone else to do this? Every time you have the urge to text your ex or call someone you shouldn't or you do something that's ultimately self-defeating or counterproductive, pick a word, okay? Like, I don't know, self-worth or self-respect. Or in your case, when you're thinking of exercising, pick a word and make it a positive reinforcement. So, so right the, back to the reward that you were talking about. Okay, so any of our long-term listeners know that Robbie and I have a little issue with exercise and fitness because this is what I do. I Robbie don't have an issue is, with and it. it's something Robbie doesn't do. I don't have an issue with it. So every time you do your push-ups and your sit-ups, like you say that you are. You say, you can, you know, when you don't feel like it, you don't feel like it, oh, I really, I really am dreading this, whatever it is. You set, you do, you get a word in your mind, self-worth or accomplishment or victory. And, and then you, you know, I'm ignoring your sound effects right now because these are very important things I'm talking about. You know what? You, you complain that I talk over you. Guess what? You sound effect over me. I hope you're having fun over there. I have a couple other things. Do you want to hear them that, that I think will help people break bad habits? Sure. Will help I'm, me. I'm enjoying this so much. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not into this. You know why you're not? Because you don't, you have, because you're not a habit maker. I'm you're a habit breaker. You're it. I'm a habit breaker. <laughs> no, you like, see, this, here's another part of the, the thing with habits. A, you have to be disciplined. Certainly. B, you have to be able to deal with a little pain. Okay. Which is something you are not really great at. Pain. You're not a big, you're not, come on, look at me. Tell me, right? You're not, you can't, it's hard for people. Hard pain equals hard. Right, exactly. So to give up a bad habit, there's going to be pain. There will be pain. There mm. will be blood. Mm. Can I just do this podcast alone? How about you just be my producer over can, there? Can and I just, just tell me when to go to break. Tell me when to wrap it up. Okay? Okay. I also, I want to talk, there's two more things I want to say before we bring on our guest, who is truly the expert, because I am not. Although I do like to think I am in the area of discipline and habits, because like I said at the top of the show, I am, I'm good at it. Okay, here's another one. When you are engaging in a bad habit, whatever that is, there has to be a moment of mindfulness, a moment where you could you say to yourself, stop, uh-uh, 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 wait, logic over emotions, logic over emotions, weigh them out. Is this good for me? Is this going to help me? Is this going to advance my cause? You have to, if you have presence of mind before you indulge or engage in that habit i find that you are better you're more likely to stop yourself and over time break the habit so it's a little bit of the measure twice cut once yes stop think about it i think the first thing is acknowledgement of a habit that can be construed as bad correct so that's we have to determine if what we are doing is a bad thing and it's a bad habit, and we do it a lot because a habit is something that you do a lot of, like sound effects. Yeah, you got a habit. You got a bad habit. You got a bad habit. 
We're trying to. F we're, we're getting help for him, everybody. He's going. I said I'm sorry, so shut up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good and all good and well now. Bad sound effects. Wait till we get anonymous. off the air, and then I'm gonna. Oh. But yeah, Robbie's going to a specialist for. He's going to a sound effect um, anonymous. Bad sound <laughs> he's effect. Going to, he's going to SEA. B B S speaking of SEA, speaking of anonymous, do we have to go to break? Yes. Because I wanted to say one more thing about habits. Go ahead. And when you break them and you feel bad, it's, it's like a substance abuser. It is. You know, substance abuse people, when they fall off the wagon, guess what they do? You start at day zero again. You, you tend to reindulge in the bad habit. So I think there's a lot of self-care and nurturing you have to do in order to break your bad, bad habits. And be like, don't beat yourself. Oh, okay. I have a bad habit to break. I've got to interrupt my wife. And uh, we have to go to a break. Thank you. And then we're going to bring on a guest. Who's our guest today? BJ Fogg. Wow. Who's got the best name ever. It's a pretty good name. It is awesome. I want to ask about that. All right. We are going to our first break, and we will be right back. This is segment two, and we are back. I'm super excited to introduce our guest. That's a mouthful right there. BJ Fogg, PhD, founded the Behavior Design Lab at Stanford University. In addition to his research, Fogg teaches industry innovators how human behavior really works. He is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything, and he created the Tiny Habits Academy to help people around the world. Welcome to Dunbean Single. Hello, BJ. Hello. Let's talk about habits and how we can help people be happier and healthier. Wonderful. I'm all for it. As you heard, I'm a big fan, and I'm always I'm always trying to make good habits and break the bad ones. I I think I've done pretty. I'm a little bit of a late bloomer, so it took me kind of a long time to break my bad habits. But I still have a few. But we're going to get into them. So, BJ, how in the world does someone? specialize in habits and how did you get to this this mm. point wow let's see so i've run a research lab at stanford university for 20 years and always interested in human behavior in the last 10 years more specifically about habits so i have an academic approach but also on the other hand real world about 10 years ago my life was not going well in lots of ways and I started hacking my own behavior. I looked at my own, what I call the behavior model, my own, and started just doing things in a new way, and it worked. It worked so easily. Yeah, I had to figure out little by little. And then fast forward, I started teaching people this method that I call tiny habits, and now fast forward to today, I've coached over 40,000 people in habits, and the results are really, really good. So there's this new method that works and it's easier than people think and I am so delighted to be sharing it. I'm curious about habits and and as it pertains to discipline. Mm -hmm. I think that some people are wired to me maybe be better or more apt or just be mm -hmm. better at making and breaking habits. Is that could no? What do you think? Yes. I, I think that's true. Just like some people are let's say musically inclined than others, but everyone can learn to create habits, especially in the tiny habits way in the old fashioned way, which for, you know, I'm kind of encouraging people to forget everything you've heard about habits previously and start over because the old stuff does not work very well. But in the old fashioned way it did to create a habit or stick to something did require discipline and did require willpower. 
And the good news is you can say goodbye to all that. Those who don't feel like they have a lot of discipline or willpower, there is a new way that doesn't rely on that. But yes, people are different on that, uh, what you might say, a, a continuum mm-hmm. of how much discipline you have, but it's actually not needed if you oh. use tiny habits. Okay, so let's go there. Okay. How does tiny tiny habits, how does that um, substitute or make discipline obsolete? Well, the reason discipline or willpower is needed is for two things. One, to get yourself to do things you don't want to do. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, tiny habits, you don't try to form habits around things you don't want to do. You focus on things you want to do. And the second case, discipline and willpower is needed is to get yourself to do hard things. And Mm -hmm. Tiny Habits is all about making it really, really easy. So with this method, I was able to help express and articulate, focus on habits you want and make them really easy. And for those two reasons, you don't have to tap into willpower and you don't need discipline. I mean, discipline is like, oh, I'm gonna make myself do this thing I don't wanna do. I'm gonna make myself do this hard thing. And most, People fail at that, um, and that's not good because when, when they fail, they blame themselves that they're not a good person, they're somehow fundamentally flawed, and that's just not true. And I say that the very first page of the book is, guess what? If you've tried and failed, it's not your fault. You just weren't given the best way to change your behavior, and now here it is. Right. That's what I said right before we went to the break is that I think that mistakes and and failure um, are really self-defeating when it comes to breaking bad habits. And I think if, people... If attributed to oneself as like, it's my fault. If it's like, oh, this is a signal for me to try something new to redesign without self-blame, then, I mean, all of us in our quest to change, nobody's perfect, nobody's perfect. But when th- something doesn't work as you anticipate, don't blame yourself and don't get down on yourself. That's just a signal that you just need to change it up. You need to redesign. So BJ, how are we supposed to be self-aware of habits that we are participating in and whether they are bad? Ooh, that's a good question. That's kind of a philosophical question that I, as a scientist, it's kind of out of, well, because if uh, we can't acknowledge yeah. them to begin with, how do we know we have a problem that needs to be corrected? Yeah, well, I'll just give some personal advice here. I mean, I've I've coached tons of people in habits and so on. And the question you're asking is not really one that science has good methods to tackling. So it really comes down to other methods. So I, I think if it makes you feel happy, if it helps you feel successful, if it strengthens your most important relationships, then it's probably a good one. If it does the opposite, then it's probably not so good for you. It's kind of a fascinating line of questions in that when we think about some people that may be in the political spectrum Mm -hmm. today, that we would consider they have terrible bad habits because it makes other people feel bad. But it's successful for them, so does that mean that it's good for them to continue that? <laughs> yeah, or... good question. Let, let me give a, a slightly different example. As a teenager, I had the habit of reading a lot, like all the time. 
And for most people, they'd say, oh, reading's a really good habit. But guess what? It wasn't because I would isolate myself and read and read. And I'd remember my mom would say, come out of the bedroom and be with the family. And even then I'd want to read for a variety of reasons. One, I was curious. Two, it expanded my horizons. And three, I was escaping uh, through reading in some ways. So the same action for one person might be not such a great habit because I wasn't connecting with my family so much, but for somebody else might be a terrific habit. So the way I've defined a habit is a certain type of person doing an action like reading or tweeting or telling the truth in a given context. And if you change any one of those things, then it's a different habit. So for me as a 14-year-old reading that's different than me as a man in his 50s reading, even if I'm reading the same material. Say I'm reading Aristotle both times. No, I take it back. I didn't read Aristotle <laughs> when I was 14. I read, I read church books, okay? So there's no, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's a judgment call and goes into ethics and personal opinion. And my scientific research really doesn't equip me to give you a real tidy answer there. That's okay. I, I don't, it was maybe no, more the, rhetorical. And, well, one, you know. ba one man's bad habits is... Yes, that's enough. There we go. Keep going, good. keep going. You're, you're on the verge of something yes. really great. Yeah. I there think... Go. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, keep going. I like what you're saying. One person's bad habit would be another person's wonderful yeah, okay. habit, so, I guess. Okay, so yeah. I have a habit. Okay, here's one of my bad habits. I tend to over-worry. About yeah. things that you have no control over. Yeah. That's, that's a habit. You have to add and that And I don't know it. if that, and this is my a question I was going to ask you later, but since we're kind of on it, how are habits different from OCD, you know? Yeah. Like how do you, what, it, it, or maybe they are the same. Well, they're related. I mean, even at the top of, top of the show, you're talking about words like habits and rituals. And those words are poorly defined in English. Habit can mean a variety of things. Rituals, man, in a religious context, it might mean one thing. And in an everyday context, you know, in the home might be something else. So, um, I, I think I'll answer it this way. In fact, let me go to your worrying habit. And let me just dive. Could you please? There is a process. <clears throat> there is a method. And then tell me how much I owe you after because <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get to the bottom of this oh for a long gosh. time. Oh, my gosh. I have coached 40,000 people plus in habits all free. I didn't get paid a penny for any single one. That's a bad habit. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it just made me feel happy as I did it. So, but I did it over the course of like nine years. And so I, I've really seen a lot of what works and what doesn't. That informs you know, what I'm sharing in the book, Tiny Habits, but there's a process, but let me fast forward just to what I would try on your side. And in Tiny Habits, there's a way that you design a habit, we call it a recipe. And in this case, it might go like this. After I recognize that I'm worrying about something that I can't control, I will say to myself, bam, insert a phrase that helps you. For me, it would be, I think it's Madeline Engel. I might be getting the wrong writer, but I believe she said, or maybe it was Annie Dillard. She says, all will be well, all will be well, all will be well no matter what. And she was quoting somebody else, but that was one of the things I read, not as a 14-year-old, but more like a 19-year-old. And that's really helped me to have a mantra. So, so the recipe is after I, I will, after I recognize that I'm worrying, I will say to myself, all will be well, all will be well, all will be well, no matter what. 
And for me, that helps. Mm -hmm. So if you find the right self-talk to create as a habit in response to the worrying and test it, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work, try something else. If it does work, keep going. Okay, well, that is fantastic. we are going to keep going, but right after we take a break. <laughs> so uh, we are going to go to our second break, okay. and we'll be right back with more from BJ Fogg. I have a question. What role does emotion play when it comes to wiring in habits? Massive. Thank you for that question. It, that's what creates the habit. That emotion rewires our brain to make behaviors more automatic, and that is what a habit is, at least when I talk about habits, it's something you do quite automatically. And that's in contrast to the idea that repetition creates habits. And we've heard that for a long, long time. That's why I said earlier, it's like, you know what, what you've heard about habits and behavior change, pretty much most of it set it aside. Most of it's not very helpful or it's not accurate. And one of the memes that's been out there for a long time that's not accurate is repetition creates habits. Mm It's emotions that create habits. Hmm. That, okay, okay. So back to what I'd asked you right before the break, and your advice was brilliant about the mantra, all will be well, all will be, all will be well, three times, no matter what. Okay, so clearly my overworriation, as I'd mm-hmm. like to call it, comes from, <laughs> <I like that. laughs> comes from some emotion. Yeah. Some emotion is, and and maybe that emotion is, uh, well, it's fear, it's uh, dread, maybe it is, I don't know, somewhere I got that from. I learned it from someone, I got it from somewhere. Uh, Maybe it's my attachment style also, which I think comes into Mm -hmm. play a lot with people's fears and bad habits. How do they attach in relationships? Are they anxious? Are they avoidant? That sets them up, that sets themselves up for bad habits in relationships, correct? Good. Yeah, I couldn't. You know, emotions serve various functions in our lives. And one of them is to regulate the dopamine inside our brains, which then changes how the neurons are struck. Well, actually, the myelin sheathing around the neurons. So that's one of the uses. Let me give an example, a relationship-related habit where this would be natural. So one of the things that I've coached others on, and this is mostly, so I, you know, I'm in Silicon Valley. I work with a lot of people who are technical and they may not have great social skills. And so one of the one of the very specific habits I've coached people on in that situation is rather than talking about yourself at a mixer or on a date, say this phrase. That's interesting. Tell me more. Okay, so then the tiny habit recipe becomes after somebody tells me about themselves, I will say, that's interesting tell me more mm-hmm. and then watch their reaction mm-hmm. what you're going to see if you watch carefully in their face and they're going to light up mm-hmm. and that should help you feel successful and if you notice they how they react in that moment that's going to fire off an emotion of success in you and help wire and have it but you've got to pay attention if you're thinking about what do i say next you're not paying attention to that and most i'll just pick on engineers and mostly they're guys most of them are thinking, oh, I'm going to tell them how I have this startup and I'm da 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 So they're thinking, what am I going to say next? No, guys, you're doing it wrong. Just say, that's interesting. And be sincere and say, that's interesting. Tell me more. And it's what is that? That's interesting. Tell me more. It's five words after somebody says something about themselves and then tune into their response right. and just listen. I, I think that's so astute because people don't listen today. No. And they're too busy worrying about what 
they are going to offer usually about themselves in the next bit yeah. of conversation. Yeah. So when you show interest especially and engagement, on especially on a date, when you show interest in somebody who just said something and you say, that's interesting, tell me more, they just they are going to light up. They're going <sighs> to think, wow, you're, you're, you're hearing me. You, you yeah. want to know more. And, and what and, and I'm adding on top of yeah, exactly. And I'm adding on top of that. If you just pay attention to their facial expression and the tone of voice, you will get a feeling of success. It's like, boom, I just nailed that. And that feeling of success will then make that behavior more automatic. Yes. But pay and, attention. And what also happens is that all you're doing is postponing what it was you were going to say anyway <laughs> a couple of minutes probably you'll get out what it is that you want to tout about yourself mm-hmm. eventually, but you're allowing that person to kind of take the lead and that's a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and, and even more, right? It's so in tiny habits, the, the emotion of success is what I coach people and tell people to learn to feel or learn to generate because there's various emotions that will create habits, but the one that I think is most instrumental and accessible to everybody is the feeling of success. So say you're, say this engineering guy talking to, let's say it's not even a date. They're sitting there waiting for Bart, you know, in Palo Alto train station. He says, that's interesting. Tell me more. She is in, as soon as she hears that, guess what? She's going to feel more successful as a person and the habit that will wire in and the desire is, I want to hang more with this person because when I'm with this guy, as geeky mm-hmm. as he is, mm-hmm. I'm feeling successful. I want more of this. Mm. Right. Nobody else is making me feel that way in my life and right especially now. Especially now and especially with social media right. and all that going on, there are fewer and fewer ways that we feel successful uh, in no positive in, ways. Yeah, I mean, no there's ways in, we kind of band-aid it and you know, pretend on right. either through uh, substances or through social media, but the genuine relationships and helping each other feel successful. If you just, if, if that just becomes, I know I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of resolutions either. However, one resolve, this was probably about a year ago that I made in my life is to strengthen others and in all my interactions. And just ha- in fact, one of my close colleagues made this painting that said exactly that because she because I went to her and I said, this is what we're doing, Stephanie, everything we do in our teaching and helping that we're strengthening everybody in each interaction. And as that became a guideline for us, that just if you shoot for that, then it's then it's natural to say, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more. And then she says something else or he says something else. And you just ask another genuine question and you help them feel good about themselves. And man, you're doing that person a world of good. And I think it's going to pay off. In other it ways seems like you, you're, you're giving that person a dopamine hit from yeah. the engagement. Yep. And yep. that who we doesn't want that? And who doesn't want more of that? You. Yes. you must be great on a first date. Well, I've been partnered for 25 years, so I don't know what a first date well, <laughs> I forgot. You should teach a class on it. Because I do. But, I think people, yeah. there are so many bad habits that people fall back on, uh, especially, you know, in the first few dates. And to me, uh, you know, as I was saying about over-worrying, I think that's a bad habit. Getting ahead of yourself or needing to know, having a compulsive need to yeah. know you know, whereas that it's normal, it's human nature. When you're falling in love, it's very unnerving. 
but you you t- out of fear once again you tend to fall back onto you know old patterns and habits that don't serve you but i also think that social media has created an environment now where we have lost the art of conversing we don't necessarily we're not good at it anymore and our standards have lowered to a point where the bar is lower now so you don't have to be good to achieve any real results and i think it's a lost art and this really helps bring that back to developing your ability to converse with somebody and engage and listen and offer and hear again and go back and forth and create something well it'll get you laid for sure well, you sure hope so i mean that's you know. i mean come on who doesn't ah. it, it, it is a, it, you are correct bj i will tell you having spent many many both of us uh many years in the singles world that a guy who listens asks questions expresses curiosity whoa that they're in man they are in there's nothing like a correct bj too i'll tell you that right now that's (laughs) boy oh like he hasn't heard that a few times okay so question for you bj is it harder to create a good habit than it is to break a bad one generally it's some good habits are really some habits are really easy to break like going to the gym an hour a day but for the kinds of bad habits that people talk about and call bad habits yeah those are harder to untangle than creating new positive habits in fact creating new habits at least in the tiny habits way is really easy it's if you do it according to the thing i you know hacked and discovered and then map out it's really easy to create new habits untangling bad ones it's there's a whole range and some of them are so difficult especially if they're life-threatening that i in in my book i say hey this book is maybe not enough go find the right professional help for really tough say addictions especially if they're life-threatening so there's a whole range bad habits are way more complicated than good habits but they're breakable uh somewhere i talk about habits is you untangle, untangle the bad habits. Right. You untangle. Break <clears throat> implies that in one moment with a lot of force and energy it'll be done and it's more of an untangling. It's a process. Right. I, yes, I, it, it all comes back to, I talk about this, I have a model where all behavior is driven by motivation, ability, and prompt. And those three things have to come together at once. So to get a habit to happen, you have to have all three. To stop a behavior, including a bad habit, you get rid of motivation or ability or the prompt so it all comes back to the same three components and you just use them differently and that's to create a good habit motivation Uh, ability and prompt and prompt well any behavior is a function of those three things and if you don't want the behavior to happen then you remove one of those three things what if your partner sorry what what if your partner doesn't like a habit of yours that you have particularly do like oh we all have that in our relationships don't we well i'll give an example in my own life about four years ago i was really practicing hard on the slide whistle uh and i was getting good and i felt i was like top 10 in the world on slide whistle well guess what my partner hated slide whistle and i kept going and the final i was like nope nope no nope this is not good for my relationship so I shifted, I have a lot of musical instruments, but I kind of obsess about one for a few years so I get kind of good. So I shifted gears to recorder and then specifically tenor recorder 
which which is a lower it's more like the male register of the voice and that was something my partner could handle so then i dove into tenor recorder and i set slide whistle aside except for when i sneak off and i'm alone and then i play slide whistle so you're a closet slide whistler Yes, I am. Okay, good. so in the interest of full disclosure, everybody, we found out that BJ has an instrument right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> waiting at recorder. the waiting. I was about to say he's got an instrument in his lap. Uh, oh, let's hear it. It's kind of like a steel drum. It's, it's called a rap vast. I think playing music is a great habit. I don't mean playing it on the radio. I mean playing an instrument. Mm. And so, so, so I play every day. And I like actually in the morning, first thing, just sitting in the dark as I'm waking up, even before coffee. Oh, I love it. That's a great ritual. It's a beautiful sound. Yeah. And even though I'm not good. Don't say that. It. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not talented, but I, I enjoy it. I do it for me. I just do. I think there's something That's spiritual the best about reason. it and physical and just good for your brain. You go. Do we have time good to talk thing. about morning habits? Let's do. Not in this segment. Okay. So oh, next time, but next segment definitely. Okay, great. All right, because I want to get to that. Oh, really? Yeah, because well, I have them why? and you don't. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> I can't wait for that one. All right, we are going to our last break, and we'll be right back with more from BJ Fogg. So right before the break, I was saying that I am a big fan of the morning habits. Big fan. I really, really Man. believe in the morning <laughs> habits. Well, that too, if you can fit it in. I mean. Not it in, but fit that, you know what I'm saying. Make time for it. Yeah. No, I, um, so I get my day started really early, and I think, and there's something really uh, empowering about that, uh, just mm-hmm. also because my uh, job also uh, requires me to wake up early. But even if it didn't, I'd wake up early. I, I like my, my habits. I like my rituals. I'd like to exercise in the morning. I'd like to meditate in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then I have my coffee. And I read, and it's all, it's a very lovely way to start the day. And I didn't always used to do this, but once I got in the habit of it, it became habitual and almost like kind of need to do it. And I feel my mornings, you know, if I don't do it, it's, you know, there's something wrong. You know, I just, I like to do it. It makes me feel good for the rest of the day. My husband, on the other hand, you know, I'll say to him, so you want to take a walk with me in the morning or do you want to? Go to the gym, and he'll say, why would I want to do that? So he is not a morning, maybe he's not a morning person. I don't think anybody really is, but I think a habit does sometimes, you know, when you feel, and also the reward, the re, the positive reinforcement, right, mm-hmm. that you get from doing that same thing every day. I don't know why I'm saying this, but, oh, I'm, I guess because I think morning habits are great, and it kind of sets you up for success throughout the day, for I know the rest why you're of the saying, day. You're saying it so you can find an ally in BJ against me. Well, I do think that <laughs> Robbie, if he started to exercise on a daily basis, he would get hooked on it, and then, you know, the endorphins and the whole thing and the positive reward of it, it would sort of... It's not a new concept to me. I, I, I've done that before. It's okay. But it sort of feeds off itself, right, BJ? Well, what I have learned, so you better there say are, yes. <laughs> are two guidelines. There are two overall guidelines that I talk about in my book, Tiny Habits, and it applies to so many things. Number one, help people do what they already want to do. Oh man! And the number two is help people feel successful. We've talked about the second one a little bit, but the first one is, especially in relationships. 
I don't see any evidence in real life or in the academic literature that nagging or trying to get your partner or spouse to do something that that person doesn't want to do actually leads to a good outcome. It no, may it doesn't. Temporarily and so on. So, okay. So the takeaway, the, the takeaway maximum is help people do what they already want to do. And if you're designing habits for yourself, it's help yourself do what you already want to do. Now, you know, we might want to think somehow we're going to persuade our partners to do this thing, but guess what? When has that ever really worked in the long term? And instead supporting them on what they want to do. And here's the good news. Yes, give me good news, please, please. The good news, which is really good, is change leads to change. If you support, like my own partner, supporting in things that were in line with what my partner wanted to do then led to other changes that I wanted. So if we're talking about changing others, sometimes you start in an area that they really want, you don't care much about, but change leads to change. And as they feel successful in one area, they will be opening, they become more open to changes in other aspects of their life. So it's a process. Okay. Thank you for that. You just said the three-letter word, which is like a four-letter word in this house, nag. Yeah, it nag. doesn't work. <clears throat> no, Long my term. nickname my nickname is Naggy May. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you well, know. Only at times. It. Only when you only when you nag. I don't <laughs> nag though. I just want you to to <laughs> I want you to design better habits that I think are going to really help you. And why I want you to be healthy. Or so, you know, as your wife and as someone in the fitness business, come on. You can't blame me, but BJ, I'll tell you, it's Robbie's his own man. There's no amount of anything I can say that is going to change the way that he, yeah. especially, I don't know, maybe it, is it? Yeah, I've even told you that actually the silent treatment gets me more motivated to do something that you want me to do than the verbal naggy treatment. So okay. that can work against yeah. you. So, so lead to... by example yes. and shut my mouth. Well, I'm not going to get you in the middle of this. Thank but you. But... I, I, I will say that when we have you know people around us in our lives, whether it's the close relationships or even something like students that I'm mentoring, the only thing that works in the long term is helping them do what they already want to do. So let's, t- let's keep going with the mentoring. It's less uh, charged. Okay. So really trying to understand them and tell me what is it you aspire to what do you want what excites you and then i can start helping them more effectively and I, on that note no it's we have to end our you're show not getting off that easy I, <laughs> although yes, BJ's, <laughs> <laughs> although you're totally right bj yes when you're right you're right anytime a bj can get you off that easily it's a good yeah, thing so it is time we have to Clever. end our show so honey yes um Let's have BJ tell us where people can find him. Yeah. Um, tinyhabits.com. There's a free five-day program that I've offered for nine years. And my new book is out. And it was a New York Times bestseller. And it's changing lives. And so, you know, you can find it at Costco. You can find it at your local bookstore. You can find it at airports. I love and Costco. you can find it online. It's called Tiny Habits. And Great. if you want to know more about me in general, it's BJ Fogg on all social platforms at bjfogg.com. And that's spelled B-J-F-O-G-G. Excellent. 
Well, BJ, this, this has hour been great. flew by. Yeah. It really This did. has been good for me. Good for me, too. Really good for me. I, I learned a lot. And Yes. We and, both did. Uh, yeah. I'm going to really think about this because you did say some things that are making me look at things differently. And that's what, you know, self-improvement and personal growth is all about, right? That's, that's correct. That's why we listen to these kinds of podcasts. So thank you, BJ Fogg. Thank yeah, you so much. Welcome. Thank you. Great thank you stuff. for helping me share this. Yeah, really great. Others. And and thank you for suffering through uh, Robbie's <laughs> sound effects. Yes. He's got I'm a bad so that's a bad habit. It's we're it's gonna, not it's not good at all. Not good. It's really bad. But uh, You're a good sport, BJ. Yes. That's what we're trying to say. Thank you. As right. are our listeners, poor people. Oh my gosh. You poor people out there. What a, <laughs> okay. And we are done being single and put you down the can, mic. Yeah, please. Uh, put down your finger. That's anyway. enough. Okay. So it's done being us. Yes, we're done. Okay, we are done. And we're done being single. Yes. And you can find us at done being single. You can Dot go com. to complete. Well, no, at, follow us. Excuse me. Okay. Follow us. Find us at, 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 at donebeingsingle.com. And give us a nice review, right. even though we're a little sometimes heavy on the, a little heavy on the comedy. But come on, this stuff you, guys, you can't, if you can't laugh, right? Right. Okay. So everybody have a great week, and we will be back next week with another fun another episode. episode. <laughs> of done being single. Make All it right. a habit. Make it a habit. Thanks, BJ. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs> <laughs>